0: Well good morning. good morning. You have your Bibles, if you would go with me to Psalm the ninth chapter, verse ten, we'll we'll read three verses and then we'll dive into our our sermon on the blessings of his name, the blessings of his name. We begin with Psalm nine, verse ten. Those who know your name will trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. So the Word of God says, know His names. Amen? Know His names. They mean something. Know His names. Let's go on to this next verse. Psalm 5 and verse 11. But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them that those who love your name may rejoice in you now if you know his names you're going to love his names amen those names are who he is and when you know the name of the lord you're going to love the name of the lord and let's look at one more and this is from the proverbs from proverbs 18 and verse 10 and there's many we could look at so we're going to try to know the names of god because his names are communicating something to us knowledge is power his names are communicating to us his will and his heart and his desire and his character, what we can believe and what we can expect and how we should live. His names are great truths and they're wrapped up in one name, but it says so much. And we're going to know the names and we're going to love those names. So we're going to fall in love with Jesus and the Lord, but we're going to run to those names. The Bible says, Proverbs 18, verse 10, The name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run to it and are saved. Isn't that beautiful? Father, we thank You for Your Word. Give us ears to hear and hearts to receive. Teach us Your ways. I pray that faith will be strengthened. Faith will come alive. and Understanding will be illuminated and increased. In Jesus' name and everyone said, The blessings of His name. Part one, the goal of this two-part sermon is to take a look at some of the different names of the Lord. Hopefully we can do three today and three next time. But the goal is that we can enlarge in our faith and enlarge in our understanding concerning concerning who our God is and what He desires to do and to be. This should help us in our walk. This should inspire us in our worship. This should encourage us in our warfare, knowing the names of God. Various names of the Lord have been given to us throughout the Word of God to reveal the character in the heart of God to us. His names are saying something. They're revealing something. With every given name, God was introducing Himself to His people. And by His name, God is expressing who He is and what He desires to do in our lives and what He desires to do in the earth. So we like this little saying that every name He bears is a blessing that He shares. And that's simple and cute, but it's so true. Every name He bears Whatever name God says, this is my name. It's in that name there's a blessing He wants to share with you. There's a revelation He wants to reveal to you. Now God's names are explanations and they're revelations. And we're going to find within them instruction and inspiration. Through and by the names of the Lord. God says to His people, He says to you and I, I want to be this to you. And I want you to know this about me. This is my nature. This is my heart. This is my desire. This is my promise to you. You know, in the Bible cultures and the ancient cultures, names meant something. They didn't just make up names like some names. What in the world? They didn't just make up a they didn't make up a name because I don't know. It rhymed with your favorite ice cream. I mean, the names in the Bible days meant something. They communicated something. There was something they um, they were descriptive. They spoke of character. They revealed will. They revealed purpose. And the names of the Lord still mean something, and it still say something to us today. So we want to look at three names this morning that God wants you and I to know, to trust in, and to run to, in our time of need. Number one, let's look at Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is my banner. Jehovah Nissi, the Lord is my banner. He's the one that leads us, and He's the one that goes before us. Amen? I don't know if you've ever gone into a place that was a little little nerve-wracking, but if you had someone real big walking in front of you, it felt a whole lot safer. Amen? Isn't that true? That's when, you know, the women, you get behind that man, usually trying to lead him, but then when you say, oh, I don't like this crowd, you start sneaking behind, and you get a hold of him. And there's something special to know that God leads us. And God orders our steps. Now, Exodus 17, verses 15 and 16 is where we're going to get this. The Lord is my banner, Jehovah Nissi. The Bible says, Moses built an altar and he called it, the Lord is my banner. Then he said, for hands were lifted up to the throne of the Lord and the Lord will be at war against Amalek from generation to generation. Now, a banner is a standard or a flag that, um, that leads the people, that the troops rally behind when they go into battle. And the story that we're getting this name from is after Israel's very first um, victory as a nation. The Lord gave them a wonderful victory. It's their first battle as a nation. And Moses makes the altar and he names it, The Lord is My Banner. And he's recognizing that the victory they got, it came because the Lord went before them and the Lord fought for them. It can remind some of us of that wonderful story in Second Chronicles of the godly King Jehoshaphat. And you can remember when three enemies aligned themselves to destroy the nation of Judah. But... King Jehoshaphat was a godly king and when he heard the news, he called the people together and they sought God and they prayed and they fasted. And in the middle of the prayer meeting, one of the worship team, one of the Levites, he stood up as the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. And God's word was, Godly King Jehoshaphat, don't be afraid, don't be dismayed, for the battle is not your battle, but it's God's battle. Amen. He says, go ahead and position yourself, go ahead and face the trial, face The challenge for the Lord will go before you and the Lord will fight for you. This is the same thought. And this is where Moses is getting this revelation. After this first victory, he's saying the Lord is our banner. The Lord is the one that leads us when we have to face the challenges and the crisis and the attacks of life. And the Lord was showing His people that I'm the one that you can rally behind and march behind. I'm the one that you can look to in your day of trouble. I'm the one you can follow and have peace. I'm the one that you can trust in and have complete confidence that I will go before you and I will fight the battle for you. So don't be afraid and don't be intimidated. And the key to this story, as the Bible said, that the arms were raised up. The arms of Moses were extended towards heaven. If you remember the story, down in the valley, Joshua was leading the troops, but on the mountain... There's Moses with his two assistants, and every time Moses was having his arms lifted up towards God, there was great victory down in the valley where the warfare was going on. But when Moses' arms got tired, then the enemy started winning. And God was showing us the point. First, you've got to get things right in heaven before you're going to see things right on earth. Amen. First, you've got to make sure your arms are extended with faith and devotion and surrender to heaven's throne. And then you'll see the blessing and the moving of God in your situation. When there was intercession on the mountain, it brought intervention and victory in the valley. In arms raised towards heaven, That speaks to you and I of having a dependence on and a confidence in our Lord. It speaks about our surrender to God and our supplication or calling upon God. And as long as we keep the attitude of faith and humility and we keep that extended towards the throne of grace, then you and I can rest assured whatever we face. For the Lord has announced to His people, I will be your banner and I will go before you, and I will fight for you. Just follow Me and trust in Me and let Me do the work. In fact, there's a beautiful verse in Deuteronomy 9 and verse 3, and this is God's Word to His people this morning, and I want you by faith to apply this to your situation. God encourages them as they're getting ready to go into the land and they're going to have to fight all those enemies. But God is saying, listen, I am Jehovah Nisi. I'm the Lord your banner. You might have to face something this week, but if you're walking with God, you can rest assured He's going before you. It could be an operating room. It could be a courtroom. It could be a situation or a meeting you wish you could avoid, but you can't avoid. But know that you know, if your arms of devotion and faith are extended towards the throne of God's grace and you're walking with this God, He says, My my name is the Lord your banner. I'm going to go before you and I'm going to fight this battle. You just follow me and trust in me and I'll be your strength and I'll be your peace. I'll be your wisdom and I'll be your joy. Know my name is the Lord Jehovah Nissi, your banner. And He encouraged the people here in Deuteronomy 9 and 3. He says, be assured today. You be assured of this. You can take this to the bank. Be assured today that the Lord your God is the one who goes across ahead of you. God says, I'm going ahead of you. You might be going to a place you've never been. You might be facing a circumstance you've never faced. You might have never been that way before. But you can rest assured in this. I, the Lord, your God, who is mighty and awesome, I will go before you. In fact, He says, your God is the one who goes ahead like a devouring fire. Check out that imagery God's trying to give His people. Understand that by faith. God says, like a consuming fire. I'm going to go before you and I'm going to deal with your enemy and I'm going to subdue your enemy and I'm going to drive out that enemy. I love it how, how he says it. I will be the one that causes the darkness to disperse and the heaviness to break up and that confusion to dissipate because I go before you. He says, I want you to know my name. Don't toss and turn. Don't go through another sleepless night. Whatever you're facing, God says, I go before you and I'm with you. Trust in the Lord with with all your heart. Don't lean on circumstance or natural understanding, but in all your ways if you'll acknowledge Him, He'll direct your path. And He don't direct your path like some know-it-alls. You ever see some know-it-alls? Um, I-, I would do it like this. You ought to do it like that. Yeah, you big talking from up there. Get down here where the battle is and show something. Amen? God says, no, I'm walking with you. And I'm going before Everyone's an expert from their lazy boy chair. is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I know. I know. Everybody can run things better you when you're on the floor, but then you get that position as a foreman and you realize, uh-oh, uh, another story for another day. I'm just trying to tell you, the Lord knows what He is doing. And if you're walking with this God, you can walk confidently. You can walk peacefully. Why? He says, my name is Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, your banner. I lead you. I guide you. I go before you. Hallelujah! Glory to God! Oh, bless His name. Like a devouring fire. God gave us that imagery. He said, I want you to see that. In the theater of your mind, I want you to see that. That's the image of me going before you. Consuming the enemy. Unraveling that confusion. Dispersing that darkness. Lifting up that heaviness. This name reminds us that the Lord has fought for us. I know He's fighting, but He already fought for us. Jehovah Jesus, hallelujah. He fought that ultimate battle on Calvary and gave us the victory that will last forever. He went to that cross despising its shame. He disarmed principalities. He threw off powers. He faced hell eyeball to eyeball. He said, I'll take your place. I'll go to that cross. I'll endure that separation. I'll endure that shame. He went to the cross. But we know the cross couldn't kill Him. They took Him in a grave. The grave couldn't keep Him. Up from the grave, He arose. I'm talking. He has been the victor. And we follow in His triumph. And today, He reigns as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And with that name that is above every other name, He leads us and He guides us in our great walk of faith. How is it that the prophet said it? When the enemy comes in... Like a flood, like hell is just unleashing everything against you. The Lord, in that moment, will raise up a standard or a banner against it. That banner is Jehovah Jesus, the name above every name. Understanding His name—that's His promise, His revelation. I'm revealing this who I am. That's what my name is. My name is your banner. You think the Lord will be with me? Are you in His will? Then don't even ask such a silly question. He says, that's my name. Now you just make sure you're following him. Don't try to get him to follow you. That's where a lot of saints miss it. Amen. You want to do our own thing and then claim a promise. No, no, no. We got to get in proper alignment in divine order. Jehovah Nisi assures you and I that our God goes before us and it communicates. That's what God's trying to get to you and I today. Encourages us. To live unafraid. To live confident. To live advancing lives. Don't fear the future if Jesus is your friend. As we follow Jehovah Nisi, our banner and our God. Let's make sure that we're following Him. Not trying to get Him to follow us. And let's make sure that the arms of faith and devotion are extended towards that throne of grace. For that positions us. As I seek first the kingdom that positions us. As I humble myself under that mighty hand of God, that positions us. Hallelujah. Stuart Briscoe wrote some years ago, one of my young colleagues was officiating a funeral of a war veteran. The dead man's military friends wished to have part in the service at the funeral home, so they requested the young pastor to lead them down to the casket, stand with them for a silent moment of remembrance, And then lead them out through a side door. This he proceeded to do. But unfortunately, the effect was somewhat marred when he picked the wrong door. The result was that they marched with military precision into a broom closet. True story. In full view of the mourners. And they had to beat a hasty retreat um, covered with confusion. Now, two thoughts. Number one, if you're going to lead, make sure you know where you're going. But number two, if you're going to follow, make sure you're following someone that knows where he's going. (laughs) Knows what he's doing. Follow Jesus. He knows where he's going. He knows what he's doing. We might not know, but he knows. We might not know it's over the next hill, but if I'm following Jehovah Nisi, he's going to make a way. He still makes the crooked places straight and the rough. Places smooth. Can you say amen? Amen. Number one, Jehovah Nissi, the Lord our banner. Number two, Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is our peace. The Lord is our peace. We live in a world there's so much pressure and stress and people are always uptight about something. But we're different people, are we not? We have a spirit that the world can't give and the world can't take away. We have know-how that the world doesn't. When we talk about inside information, we know what's going to happen. We know what the future holds in Jesus. Amen. And there is a peace that passes understanding that we have. Now, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. This we'll find Judges 6, verses 23 through 24. The familiar story of Gideon. And the Lord said to Gideon, Peace! Do not be afraid. You're not going to die. You're not going to fail. This thing is not going to implode on you. Because I'm with you. And I'm for you. And my attitude towards you peace and when god says my attitude towards you is peace get ready to shout it's going to work out can you say amen, amen. so gideon built an altar to the lord there and he called it the lord is peace jehovah shalom peace the lord is peace now the background of this story most of us remember from judges it was a long and brutal oppression Some seven years of God's people being under the thumb of the enemy. And Gideon is chosen by God to lead Israel in their deliverance. But he's afraid and he's intimidated and the task is pretty much too much for him. But then, he receives this great revelation. Jehovah Shalom. My word for you, my will for you. My promise for you, says the Lord, is your peace. Now this was the tower that lifted Gideon above his own fears and his own anxieties and his own insecurities. And in a moment, a transformation began. And a courageous leader was born willing to fight with 300 men against over 100,000 of the enemy. Because he had found the secret and the source of peace in the midst of the conflict Jehovah Shalom a strong tower that should strengthen our hearts and calm our fears as we face the challenges and have to go through the conflicts of life see Shalom it's more than the word peace is so much more than just the absence of war In the Jewish language, it meant prosperity and blessing and grace and favor at its highest and fullest measure. God was saying, Gideon, I'm with you and I'm sending you and you will be victorious. Because God says, my attitude towards you, I know the plans I have for you and they're good. And if I'm for you, Who can stand against you? And my will towards you is one of peace and prosperity and blessing and victory. And when you know that the great God, the Almighty God says that, you can face anything. In fact, the greatest um, preparation for conflict without is having a peace from God within. But you know if God's pleased with you, no one else is going to matter. You know if the Lord is with you and He's smiling upon you, then you know whatever comes your way, there will be sufficient grace to deal with it. There will be wisdom to navigate through it. There will be strength to withstand it. If you know that. You see, a lot of people are nervous and they're timid because they haven't got this revelation yet and they're just doing their own thing and not seeking first the Lord. So they make decisions and they listen to this and they listen to that And they wind up in places where everything hits the fan. And they wonder, gee, I wonder if. Well, that's too late, Jack. I wonder if. It's first seek the Lord and walk with the Lord. But know that you're in the will of God. And then you can hear His voice saying, My name is Jehovah Shalom. I'm peace. And my will for you is one of blessing and peace and prosperity and victory. And He doesn't take away the conflict. He does something supernatural within the heart of His servant that enables His servant to deal with what you've got to deal with and face what you've got to face. The story of Gideon is a great encouragement to people who have a hard time accepting themselves and believing that God can use them and make them a special instrument. If you know the story. The story begins Gideon's hiding And the enemy is thriving and oppressing, ravaging the harvest, oppressing the people. And Gideon's hiding. And the angel of the Lord appears to him and says, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And Gideon's hiding. I think he turned around and said, There must be someone else here. You can't be talking to me. And the next word is, Go in the strength you have and deliver my people. And Gideon's response, like most people's response, he started asking questions. He started giving excuses. You think God shows up, the whole angel of the Lord shows up and says, Go. Some, some people would I mean, they would have ran. I mean, they would have jumped 10 feet in the air. Whoopee, lead, follow me. But now Gideon, he said, Oh, I don't, I don't believe. He sounds like a lot of Pentecostals, don't he? He don't believe. You can't use me. He said, I'm the least. I'm the smallest. My family's not very prominent. I'm this, I'm that. And God, hang on. God said, hang on. Stop it. Go on the strength you have. What's the strength you have? I'll be with you. And my name towards you is peace. I'll be with you. And my smile is upon your life. Mm. Mm. In the midst of chaos around and fear within, God says, my word to you is peace. My revelation to you. This is God's assurance. This is the inner calm and the confidence. The enabling to do God's will. God doesn't remove the conflict. Instead, He reveals Himself to us in a way that touches our heart, that we can face the situations of life. And this is the revelation that God gave Gideon the ability to face overwhelming odds and to carry out God's plan and fulfill God's purpose for his life. With 300 men, you remember the story, God gave Gideon a mighty victory. I mean, it was a real, one of those meet-it-greet-it-defeated episodes in, in the Scripture. And it began, though, it began by Gideon's heart being made steady and settled and secured by the revelation of God. God is trying to say things on the outside won't always change. And we can call the prayer line and we can make bargains with God. But things on the outside won't always change. But if you'll listen to my voice and you'll receive my promise, I will give you an inner grace and an inner strength that you can walk through whatever you have to walk through. That you can face whatever you have to face. Yes, we pray. We weep. We cry. We pray one for another that storms will lift and things will go away. And thank God sometimes they do. But very often, The circumstances don't change and the conflicts don't get any easier until they're over. And in between that time, um, the present time and time of victory, the thing that keeps us is having the revelation that God is with us and God is for us and that God says, my will for you is peace and I'm going to give you strength and I'm going to get you through this thing. But if I have that revelation, it gives me an inner assurance to know regardless of what I see, God said He's going to bring me through. Regardless of what I feel, God has promised not to leave me nor forsake me and if God has called me to do something then God by His holy name and He cannot lie then God is required to give me the ability I need to carry out His will. We praise God this morning because of Jehovah Shalom you and I that know the Lord you and I that have received the Prince of Peace is our Savior and our King We can enjoy this peace. This is a strong tower that we access by faith. It lifts us up above the waves that are trying to oppress us. It shields us from the arrows of adversity that are trying to pierce us. It's described in the Bible. New Testament. It's described in the Bible, Philippians 4, as a peace that actually passes or transcends human understanding. That's because it's supernatural in its effects. Because it's divine in its origin. God says, I've got something for you the world doesn't get. This is a promise and a privilege that comes from God and is only for the people of God. You know, when you got saved, you came into covenant with Almighty God. For the rest of the world, He might be their Creator. He's not their Heavenly Father if they're not saved and they're not serving Jesus. He might be their Creator, but He's not their Father. He's only those that are serving Him that have received His Son. But for you that have called in His name, for you that love the Lord, you entered into a covenant with Almighty God. And He says, if you'll do certain things, I'll do certain things. And if you'll seek first that kingdom, He'll make sure everything you need is added to you. If you'll trust in Him with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding, but acknowledge Him, He says, I'll order your steps. I'll guide you in the perfect way. And He promises us here, if you will learn to be anxious about nothing but in all things, through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And He said, there'll be a peace of God. He says, I have a supernatural measure of my peace that will come into your heart and you can go through things others can't go through. You can overcome things others cannot overcome. Why? Because you're the child of God and He has promises and privileges that are just for you. Can you say amen? Supernatural in its effect. Because it's divine in its origin. It's not a peace that comes out of a bottle. It's not a peace that comes out of a, a Newt Rockney pep talk. This is a peace that comes as the Holy Spirit of the living God comes inside your heart and rules that heart and strengthens that heart. I can testify, and I know many of you can, that I've run to this tower many a times in my life when worry tried to seize me or pressure tried to crush me, when fear tried to harass me, or when sleep tried to escape me, but I could run by faith to that name that's above every name. I could run to Jehovah Shalom, the Lord that's my peace, the Prince of Peace. I can call on that name. I can trust in that promise. And I can receive the blessing of this revelation in the midst of it all. That's why you can sing in the midnight hour when others are cursing and giving up. That's why you can just stay calm when others are being ugly and others are being nasty. But there's something greater within you than without. Can you say amen? You can go down deep like I love to talk about those little fish old Jacques Christo used to look at. There are certain depths of the ocean that if a human being was there for a moment, our bones would be crushed. The pressure is too great. Even a normal submarine can't go down there. they got to get these special things. The pressure on the outside is so great. But when they finally get down, there was some little um, basketball-looking submarine to take some pictures. They find fish are living there and thriving there. Why? How could they live under such? circumstances because they have a greater pressure within them than the pressure that surrounds them and if you know Jesus if you know Jehovah Shalom he says I will fill your heart with the peace that life can't crush and life can't erode it is by my spirit it is steadied by my spirit and God says you can go where you need to go and do what you need to do but greater is he that's within you words of jesus to his church he getting ready to leave he was getting ready to go and he said to his disciples you can't come with me maybe later on you'll catch up they were nervous he's talking about a cross they're confused they don't understand oh lord we're barely making it with them here they're backsliding every other day fighting with one another bickering peter's chopping off ears i mean they're a mess and jesus is right there isn't that right I mean, they didn't have their act together when Jesus was in their midst. And now you're telling us you won't be here. My Lord, I can't live. How are we going to survive? My goodness gracious. And Jesus gave them this beautiful word. John 14 and verse 27. What a beautiful promise. He's going to leave them. But he says, that's all right. I'm going to leave you with something. He says, peace. I leave with you. Wow. My peace. My peace. That's good peace. Amen. My peace. This is Jesus. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. See, that world, it, it gives, but it's always dependent. It's not consistent. It might be there tomorrow, and tomorrow next day it's not, right? The world, right? I love you today. I'm going to take you out tomorrow. The world is fickle. Isn't that true? The warranty run out. When? Two weeks ago. I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's how the world is. Isn't that Right? But Jesus, I don't give you peace like the world does. My peace isn't dependent on circumstances. Not dependent on if you had a good day or a bad day. My peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. You got that peace? You got that peace? He said he gave it to you. Have you lost it somewhere? Did you leave it in the garage? Or did you forget it came with the covenant? i got to say that, but some people love the Lord, but they haven't read their Bibles to find out all the great blessings that come to a child of God. Isn't that true? Isn't that right? You can have a lot of blessings, but if you don't know what's in the contract, you can be living life, not even know it's yours. It helps to read the good book, does it not? Here, this is not a name and claim it preacher. This is the Lord Jesus saying, Peace! I give. I leave with you. I give you that. Not like the world gives it. So here's Jesus' advice to you and I. Don't let your heart be troubled. And don't you be afraid. Whatever you're facing in the coming week, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't you be afraid. Regardless of what the serpent, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let you be afraid. As the people of God, we have peace because of forgiveness. We have peace because of abiding presence. We have peace because of continual divine guidance. Think about it. We have peace because, hey, thank God my past is gone. My past is taken care of. We have peace because of forgiveness. These things are right between us and the living God. Our sins are forgiven. The blood of Jesus has washed us. We have peace and there's no more condemnation or accusation. This is the blood of Jesus. And we put our faith in Christ. There's peace because of forgiveness and our past is dealt with. But there's also peace with the presence because we have an abiding presence. The Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, dwells within you and I. It oh. gives a calm and gives a rest and gives a strength and a steadying as we walk through life In assurance enough. How can we call it a stamina and a stability? And those circumstances might try to rule. The Bible says that we can let the peace of God rule in our hearts. We have peace because of forgiveness and because of abiding presence. We have peace because of continual guidance. That's what the Lord said. I'll go before you. I'll watch over you. And I'll enable you. Gideon, you're a mighty man of valor. This the Lord is with you. And His will and His word and His attitude towards you is peace, blessing, and victory. The name of the Lord is strong power. And when the righteous run to that name, we receive the blessing. Now again, make sure you're running to the right place. Isn't that right? I mean, some people are running to the wrong place looking for peace. You're not going to find it in that bottle. You're not going to find that next crazy relationship. No, 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 not the real stuff. You might find the imitation. You might find the false of the world. Isn't that right? Have you ever looked for peace and found out afterwards? Oh, some false advertising. Anybody? Anybody? eh? Come on, you can be honest. You're in church. Don't hurt to be honest. Now some are running to the wrong place. Some are believing the wrong report. Some are... Trusting in the wrong source. Read another story. True story. True story. When his bed caught fire, Edward Sweeney, back I believe in the 40s or the 50s in New York City. When his bed caught fire, Edward Sweeney awakened, ran to the door, opened it, went through it, and slammed it behind him, only to discover that he was in the clothes closet and he couldn't get out. (laughs) Do you want to get away? And he couldn't get out. Meanwhile, the other tenants smelled the smoke and sound of the alarm. The firemen extinguished the blaze and released them after they heard him pounding on the door. And I read that and I thought and it true that some are smelling the smoke, feeling the heat of trials and pressures of life. They feel loneliness and they're wrong to the wrong source. They feel fear, anxiety and they're wrong to the wrong source. They believe the wrong report. They trust. But the Bible says... Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Looking unto the Jesus, the one that promises the peace that the world can't give and the world can't take away. Looking unto Jesus, the one that says, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. As you look to me and trust in me, I'll be whatever I need to be to bring you through. Alright, let me look, look at this one more verse. Write this down. Second Thessalonians 3 and 16. This is just a wonderful promise that a lot of us glance over. This is towards the end of the small book. But I want you to write this down if you like the peace of God. Now, may the Lord of peace. Isn't that wonderful? God says, my name is peace. I'm the Lord of peace. Isn't that good? Again, reinforcing. If you need peace, look to Jesus. If you need the inner strength and grace to go through something, go to the right source. Now, may the Lord of peace give you... I love this. Give you... Put your name in there. Amen? give Lizette and give Keith and give, all right, give Floyd, give you peace sometimes. When? You mean all the time? Even when you have a bad day? Even when you're far from perfect? Give you peace at all times and in every way. That's pretty thorough, isn't it? That's kind of an exhausted thing. It's not like some of the contracts you sign. This warranty is good, except A, B, C, or D. If you're breathing and it's a Wednesday and it's, you know. <laughs> avoid the warranty. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. But the Bible says here, the Lord of peace, give, yeah. give you peace. I want you to put your name in that. Yes, you need peace, write your name in there. Amen. That's God's word to you. said, so I'm going to give you peace at all times. Even when people are ugly and even when the road is uphill. And in every way. Alright, let's go on. Let's finish up. I'll summarize this last one. Number one, we covered. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my banner. And this should give us confidence, okay? The Lord goes before us and the Lord fights for us. So you as a Christian should walk this walk and this fight of faith confidently with blessed assurance knowing that God goes before me. Isn't that true? But secondly, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. And this gives us comfort. But it's in the face of conflict, in the face of confusion, God gives me His peace. Gives me His peace. Doesn't mean He always takes the out thing away, but He'll give me the peace to walk through it. That's His name. That's His will. Remember, His name is saying, this is my will. Don't ask me if that's my will. That's my name. It's my will. It's my desire for you. And lastly, and when you just touch on this, Jehovah Rophe, the Lord who heals us. This is expectation. The Lord who heals us. He's the healer of men's sicknesses and sorrows. Exodus 15. Look at verses 25 and 26. Exodus 15. Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood, and he threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. And there the Lord made a decree and a law, and there the Lord tested them. And he said, if you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God, and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to His commands and keep all His decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases that are brought on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. You see, we preach and we pray for divine healing here because God's Word teaches and preaches and emphasizes divine healing. His name declares... And His salvation demonstrates the Lord is our Healer. You see, Exodus 15 was right after that great victory at the Red Sea when the sea opened up and Pharaoh's legions were drowned. Right after that victory, Israel went three days in the desert without finding water. And finally, they find some water and the water's bitter. And God had Moses throw a branch, throw a stick into the water. And instantly, when he did that, those waters that were bitter became sweet. It's like when Jesus finally comes into the heart, takes away the bitterness and brings it a sweetness, takes away the emptiness and brings a fulfillment and a satisfaction. Jesus Christ is the one who heals life's wounds and sweetens its bitter places. He's the one that has a remedy for the sins And the bomb for the sufferings and sorrows of His people. Whether it's a sin or a sorrow suffering, Jesus is your healer. Jesus is your answer. Think about Jesus for a moment. I can just summarize it quickly. Because He's the healer of our wounds. Whether they be physical, emotional, or the most important, spiritual. He's a healer physically. The Bible says when His ministry on earth was summarized, Acts 10 and 38, it says He went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. He went about healing people. And this same Jesus is here today by a Spirit. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And He still desires to heal physical hurts and physical wounds. But not only that, the emotional side of man. He's a healer. The Bible says again of Jesus in Luke 4 that the anointing was upon Him to heal broken hearts. To set oppressed people free. And He's a healer not just of the physical man, but He's a healer of the emotional and the, the mental part of a man. And so you might be here today and bitterness has bitten you in the emotional realm through life, but Jesus has some holy oil that He'd like to pour on your wound and take away that, that harshness and take away that pain. But most importantly, Jesus is a healer in the spiritual realm, in the eternal realm. You remember um, before he was born, the angel said to Joseph, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save or deliver his people from their sins. In fact, the name Jesus means the Lord saves and he's a healer physically. That's great. He's a healer emotionally. And thank God we need that. Because life is hard. And people get wounded and afflicted. But that needless suffering and torment, it doesn't have to last. Jesus desires to heal your heart. Jesus desires to touch your mind. Jesus is willing to reach in to the deepest places of your life. The areas that may be keeping you up at night or have you bound and sorrowful. He'll touch you if you let Him. He's still the great physician. His name is still Jehovah Rophe, the Lord that healeth thee. And He'll heal your heart and He'll heal your brokenness. But the most important thing is He heals us in the spiritual realm. That's the most lasting. You can get healed physically today, but we're going to die someday. But boy, that's spiritual healing. Amen? That's forever. And it's the most costly, you know. Because for Jesus to raise the dead or to heal the sick, He just had to speak a word or maybe lay hands on someone. But you know, in order for Jesus to heal us spiritually, He had to go to a cross. He had to suffer and die. Oh yeah. Where sin leaves bitterness. Sin leaves bitterness. We like to say, sin take you farther than you wanted to go. Make you pay a lot more than you wanted to pay. The high cost to low living. High cost to low living. Where sin brings a bitterness. Jesus Christ brings a sweetness and a cleansing. And Jesus is the same. And by His Holy Spirit, He's revealed this is my name. This is my will for you. This is my desire right here and right now. If you need a physical touch, He's here. If you need an emotional touch, He's here. If you need to know your heart is right with God and your sins are forgiven, He's here. If you've been bruised and beaten, bitten by life's bitterness, you can come to Jesus. You can come to that tower of mercy and grace. And you can find the great physician willing and ready to touch you and to help you and to minister to you. Can you say amen? amen. The Bible says, Proverbs 18 and 10, the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord. So we're studying His name. The name of the Lord is likened to a strong tower. A place of protection and shielding. A refuge. And the righteous, we run to it by faith. By remembering it, believing it, trusting in it. So this morning, let's run to the tower, this tower by faith and receive the blessing He desires for us to have. Every name He bears is a blessing that He shares. Now as we wind up, here's our thoughts. We're studying these names that God might help us to know Him better and to know His will better. Let there be no mistake about it. That we can please Him and that we can know what we can expect from him this morning we talked about our banner our peace and our healer would you stand with me please hallelujah names of the lord this is like god taking can you can you imagine a a holy ghost highlighter and he's saying i want you really to understand this about me I want you really to believe this is my will for you and this is my desire for you and I'm willing to work in your life in this area because that's my name and that's why I allowed my name to be recorded so that you'd have no doubt, this is who I am. See, back in those days when they came out of Egypt, they had a God for everything. They had a God for harvest. They had a God for everything. Hundreds, thousands of gods. And so as they began to learn who this God was, who the true and living God was, He gave them names. So they could understand who He was. And we can go back and still look and have our understanding quickened. Wow, if that's His name, that must be His desire. Amen? If that's His name, I guess I can trust Him in that area and I can expect that. So as we pray this morning, if you need prayer, please come and someone will pray with you and believe God with you. If you just want to pray. Just wait on God. Just wait on God. Praise Him. Pray. If you're here today and things aren't right between you and God, don't leave unless they are. Get things right with God. No one's guaranteed tomorrow. Get things right. So you can walk in the blessing. Get things right. So you position your life to enjoy the blessings and the favor. He wants to decree over your life. Let us pray. Father, we thank You for the revelations of Your name. They help us to know You better and we want to know You better. They instruct our faith. They inspire our faith. How to believe. What to believe. They urge us. They ignite us to believe more. To trust. And now, Father, I pray You demonstrate Your power. And You touch Your people. Lord, You know every individual, every need, every specific. someone needs a physical touch, Jesus, stretch forth that hand and touch them. Maybe it's an emotional scar, a wound, something within the heart or the mind that's harassing and afflicting. Lord Jesus, by Your Spirit, pour that holy oil. Let that thing begin to subside and get weaker and weaker as You mend the heart. Give rest to that mind. Father, touch Your people. Restore and refresh Your precious ones as we seek You at this altar. As we praise You in Your sanctuary, Holy Spirit, rain down upon us. Holy Spirit, fall upon us. Holy Spirit. Someone's thirsty. Holy Spirit, satisfy them. Someone's weary. Took all they could just to get here. Lord, fill them afresh. Give them a refreshing. Refreshing. Let them leave with their strength renewed and their joy restored in the song that somehow seemed to be misplaced. Let that song once again be overflowing in this life. In Jesus' name, everyone said, let's worship the Lord. If you need prayer, come. And let's believe God. He's your God and He loves you and He wants to be what His name declare declared to you.